then a lot of things that I had a lot of value or assumed value in, without much investigation, started to, I started to see them in new lights. It wasn't that I tried to see them in new lights. I saw them in new light. Yeah. So something changed, and then that change was registered in my experience. But I didn't change it by an experience. The mind changed, yeah, and then it registered its change through experiences and manifestation, but I didn't get it through an experience. Yeah? It was like the, the horse is here, and all carts are behind it, yeah? So this, the mind gets it, so that's why I believe that statement, the old Zen treatise of faith mind. I like to take it as just that, faith mind. There's a faith in that absoluteness of mind against all appearances and all storylines and all Im- implications and assumptions and, and uh, group agreements. You have a, an immunity to all that because something, mind, got something. Yeah, nothing really. And, it, and it's, it almost like opens the door to mind and then the door starts swinging open and then mind just reveals itself. And in a way, we're like a reflective mechanism. You know, we have like self-consciousness. So there's there's consciousness that can reflect that expression of awareness in one's life. Yeah, and so through that uh, that reflection, instead of being reflecting things from a position of being a thing, yeah, it's like that mirror thing, the mirror. So most day. This is where the mirror stops. Paul is like the background of the mirror, like the opaque background, like a real solid thing. And then the, the mirror is on this side of it. So everything happens. I'm aware. I become aware of it. You know, perceptions create situations and everything like that. I become aware of it. And all this, it always goes back to me. Hits the, it only goes right to the surface of the mirror and hits this idea, Paul, you know, like a happy face in a way. So everything, awareness or consciousness is just becoming conscious of everything else in reference back to this thing, that we're not a thing, yeah? That, in fact, the mirror is two-sided, yeah? Not even two-sided, but we'll use it as an example. So while this is happening, the seeing, the perceiving of things and everything like that, there's also seeing nothing, like looking back into infinity or into space, yeah? So while we're busily engaged in this experience or this dream or this uh, manifestation or this incredible uh, situation of relationships, yeah, while we're engaged with that, there's also a, a total engagement with the seeing nothing, you know, the awareness of, it, of itself in a way, or being conscious or reflecting awareness. Yeah? Now that doesn't produce any movement because awareness is everywhere always and there's no movement in a sense in it. So there's just a stillness. So mind on that level is enjoying peace and is still and this and that. And on this level there's activity. Yeah? There's expression. So like they say noumenon and phenomenon. So the noumenon is that, that resting of awareness and then the phenomenon is its manifestation here. Yeah? And we have consciousness or we're a, a functioning of consciousness that can be conscious of things and also conscious as awareness. Yeah, we can become conscious as awareness, not of awareness, because when consciousness reflects awareness, it doesn't get it as a thing. So it's not unconscious of that thing. It gets it as that. You know, 
So it's a different, you know, words, most of the time I'm conscious of. I'm conscious of me, I'm conscious of things, but in this case I'm conscious as. Yeah. So I, I am that, yeah? I am that which I am conscious of, and here I'm not that which I'm conscious of, basically. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> and it's nice to have that, that uh, situation cleared up. So I stop taking myself to be a thing and having it reassured by my relationships to things and rely on mind or faith mind that I am of that. Like Jesus says, we're in this world, but we're not of it. We're of that, you know? We're of that bright, clear awareness, and we're in here. Yeah? We have a two-way mirror. Part of us is conscious as, a conscious of, and then we believe we're conscious as Paul, but we're actually conscious as awareness, yeah? Or you want to call it consciousness. You know what I mean? So, but the, the mental process says, I'm conscious as this. Which causes us to be what? Unconscious to consciousness. We're hyperconscious of things, you know? We're hyperconscious of how I look and of thoughts about me and you and the world and of things and opinions and philosophies. We're very conscious about that, but we're totally unconscious to what we are because we've taken ourselves to be a mental idea, yeah? And thoughts. When a thought becomes the thinker of thoughts, there's no escape out of that. Yeah, That's self trying to get out of self. When the idea of being a self, which is a thought, is now assuming to be the thinker of all other thoughts, you're in the mix. You're not getting out of that little suit. Because <laughs> you want to get out of it as like the little noodle. You know, The noodle isn't going to curl out and take another form out of the suit. The noodle rests and relies on the suit. Yeah, it's in there. <laughs> but without seeing that there's a thought that, and that thought takes itself to be the thinker of all other thoughts <laughs> then you realize self cannot get out of self but there's awareness of that or consciousness yeah. so I'm conscious of that I see that but you, a lot of times I'm not unconscious as this which makes me unconscious to this yeah. in other words I'm living the one way mirror Everything comes, and it's it's called the loop of self-importance. Yeah, so consci- I'm conscious. I'm conscious of things, but everything I'm conscious of, I'm conscious as this. Yeah. So no matter how many things I'm conscious of, there's one pseudo continuum, which is I'm the one who's conscious. Yeah. All the while, if you question the back of the mirror and you see that you may not be that, your attention instead of hitting that and then immediately bouncing back into things. Maybe we'll go through that paper tiger, and there you go. You find out. It comes back, like the event horizon. It comes back with some information and downloads. Not of this place. yeah, Not of things, about things, but of and as no thing. Yeah? And it makes a big impression on the mind here. So now the mind, while it's reflecting all this, is engaged with everyone as this center, you know, and all this and that. None of that has to change. It just lightens up because there's an awareness. I'm not that. Yeah. It's not not like I'm not that, like terrible, and it's a terrible moral like predicament to be that, which you're not. <laughs> no, all that's dismissed. It's just simply I'm not that. Yeah. Okay. 
It doesn't disengage with the fact that it's appearing like this. It's moving and action figure and everything like that. None of that has to stop. It's just the full engagement has been broken. Because the full engagement has to have that one side of the mirror painted to an opaqueness and called you. Yeah? Once that is looked through, yeah, there's an engagement now. There's not a full engagement here. While there's this engagement, there's also this engagement. Yeah? And I find that, he, that attention, this is more of the attention than this place. Yeah? The attention is here, but it's of that. It's not a thing. It doesn't have a quantity. Yeah? You're not going to lose your attention. You're not, you're not going to run out by Friday. You know, not, oh, i got to just shut it down this weekend. and spent all my attention on that stupid fucking new website I saw. Charles Manson linked to it. It's a I have no more attention. Bye, I see you. Feed me on Saturday, will you? Oh, I'm back Monday. I've got my whole new weekly attention supply. No, obviously, attention seems to be an infinite resource. Yes? Why? Because it's not of this place. This place is of finiteness. Yeah? But it's of, it's of a, not a place, but of infiniteness. And so I would say that attention, when freed from this somewhat, will tend to rest in that. And it has tons of attention to deal with your daily affairs. Yeah? It may not have the attention anymore to deal, deal with what's not happening. <laughs> really. And it may not have much attention to go back into what you thought did happen. Yeah? It won't. It doesn't have that, that turbo mental zoom anymore because it's not about you. So you really don't go there that often anymore and you don't go here. It just doesn't have the juice. It's, you know, it's like you, as soon as there's a recognition it's not happening, it's just, it just turns back and just rests in what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, I don't have to say, I'm not going to think anymore about the future. You never did think about the future. There were thoughts about the future that your attention ran, ran to because it supposedly was about you. Once it's questioned if it's not about you, the attention won't run after that bone anymore. It's not fooled anymore. It'll stay in what's, not, what's actually what's happening. Yeah? And then, therefore, it enriches your life. Where when it's engaged in all of this, of what's not happening, it seems to drain your life. Yeah? One, one vehicle tends to drain you, the other vehicle tends to enrich you. Which one would you rather drive in? You're not the driver. Which one would you rather be driven in? I would say I'd rather be driven in that. Yeah. So I was talking a lot in back east with recovery people, and I was just sharing it with. Uh, in recovery, we talk about a spiritual condition, you know, and somehow it's looked at as if you're going to make a spiritual condition or improve one or get one, you know, as if you don't have one. Now, that's the, that assumption can only seem valid when you're identified as a mental condition. You know, that's what I think selfing is. Yeah? Where, where this, this possibility is way lopsided. Most of the interest and attention is in the mental condition. The physical condition isn't getting much attention, unless it gets really sick and shit like that. Yeah? And, the, and, and usually it's still held as a mental concept. So when you're really engaged in your body, it's usually an image of your body. You're not really engaged with the body. And then the spirit is basically forgotten. Yeah, I mean, seriously, people go maybe an hour on Sunday or whatever, or they, they say a prayer when everything gets fucked up. Oh, please help me, God. 
you know, if you get me out of this one, I'll... They make a promise and they never do anything, you know. As soon as the shit changes, they're like, totally forget it, right? It doesn't seem... And it seems forgettable because it doesn't have like an overriding presence seemingly to us, does it? Really? If, if that quality of God is that it's omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, those three qualities that I learned when I was a kid, you know, all-powerful, all-knowing, and all... and everywhere, then why aren't we rubbing against it, you know? Why aren't we aware? If we're so conscious, why aren't we conscious of that? Yeah. Because when we're conscious as this, we're not conscious of that. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. <laughs> I wish you could, man. I wish I I hold out for a long time. I thought I could have it both ways, but it didn't work out that way. <laughs> it gets really good because you're not there. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you're there, it starts getting bad again. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can have the most perfect, idyllic experience, and after a day or two, it's fucked up. <laughs> it's now being. It's sort of like in the self-centered system. It has an idea of being okay. It does. But its idea of being okay is based on time. So it, it was okay once. <laughs> and, and it hopes it will be okay. But when it entertains that it was, or will be, it pisses on what's happening now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it uses the possibility of okay to really demoralize you in this false unokayness. <laughs> you know, I've seen people have a one of those big spiritual events and then their mind's just been using it to beat the hell out of the mind itself for the next 30 years. What did I do to lose this? You didn't fucking do anything to lose it. <laughs> what did I do to grab it? You didn't do anything to grab it. <laughs> the awareness of its loss and its find is still there. Yeah, you're just not acknowledging it. Yeah, The thing that's aware of the whole story that you lost it is aware of the whole story that you got it. That hasn't shifted one bit. <laughs> yeah? There's been a light on it no matter what. No matter what your mental take is, how close and far you are, that, that onness or light on it is always available. That's what it is, really. Resting in that. That's the dog shit awareness. That's, that's that ordinariness that, doesn't be, that the mind doesn't see as any value. That's what, when the eye of Sauron starts scoping the little realms looking for the ring, it never picks up any value in this message because it's nothing. It doesn't see any value in it. When it tries to make something out of it, it usually gets disappointed a year or two and leaves because it just can't coax anything out of it. But when you leave nothing alone, it's the gift that does give, keep on giving. When you leave nothing alone, that is the one quality that we haven't had a huge influence from in this life. We've been influenced by something all our life. But to be influenced by nothing is different. You know? It has a huge, huge impact. Yet there's no weight to it. You know? So I will be okay. <laughs> then when you say, no you're not, then, oh, but I was okay. No, you weren't. <laughs> you try to cut them off both the, both passes, so they finally get the, left with nothing. And then they maybe realize they are okay. That's fucking better, eh? 
What is, what's the mind going to do with I am okay? Only, unless it believed it achieved it, then it'll do something with it. See? If it believes it produced the okayness, it will worry that it's going to do something to fuck it up. That's what it does, yeah? So as, as long as it's not claimed, it can't do anything with it. As soon as it's claimed, it's made it into something. Yeah? So if you see the claiming, if you can see the claiming, and the emphasis is on the seeing of the claiming, not the sense of I was the one that was claiming and I should have not been claiming, but just the plain seeing of it, that's it. That's, that's the message. It's the overriding, everlasting, always present context of every moment, which is the awareness of it. Yeah, You can become conscious of that. That's sensing that presence. You sense the presence of what can't be seen, felt, heard, tasted, and touched, you know, or thought about. You, know, you can't capture it with thought, can't capture it with feeling, can't hear it, can't taste it, can't touch it. But you can sense it. Consciousness can become conscious of it. Yeah. And then consciousness, like it says in some Buddhist, Buddhist uh, groups, the essence of mind is empty. The nature of mind is reflective. Yeah. Consciousness reflecting. And its manifestation is energy. So you can see here, all there is is energy going on, interreacting and producing events seemingly. But the event needs the observer for the event to occur, which is us. Yeah, You and I play the biggest role of anything because nothing's actually happening unless it seems to be happening to us. We facilitate the dream. This we're the dreaming of it. Yeah, So you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. Yet, overriding that is consciousness of all those events, all of the manifestation, Yeah, because you're reflecting it. And also the ability for that reflection, if it's two-sided, to reflect the emptiness of mind's true nature. Yeah? So a little bit of this goes a long way here. <laughs> and to change just a little bit of the emptiness of mind, it may just may uh, take out a lot of the weight and heaviness you've given to things here. This thing included, yes? It may lighten the load. It's sort of like when, this, when things were happening with me, it would be like I'd be in a room like this, and everything would stay exactly the same, but it would seem to drop like 20 feet. And then over time, I realized I just dropped into these levels of relaxation that could never have been produced by 50 Thai massages, you know? It, wasn't, it was a different type of relaxation. And then suddenly something would happen, and then you wouldn't see it because it's too quick, because everything drops. But you start sensing, hey, something's fucking different. And what it all, what it, what it uh, collated to for me was a statement traveling lighter, because that's been my experience here. It's just dramatically altered the way I was traveling. It didn't change the geography so much, but it changed how I traveled over the terrain of my life. Yeah, and I have consistently traveled lighter because it hasn't been me traveling lighter. <laughs> If it was me traveling lighter, there'd be a reason why I can't be traveling lighter. I must have done fucking something to cause me to have to travel heavy, yeah? But if it isn't you, it, has, it can t- tend to stabilize where you travel lighter. And I, I found that's what I was truly looking for. There was all this different bait in my world, like spiritual bait and, and drug, uh, like ecstasy baits, that I, I thought they, that's what it was going to be like or meant but I realized it wasn't any of that. It was just an ease and comfort in my own skin and in the situations I find myself in. That's what it is. 
To me, that's the living awakeness. That's where the rubber meets the road. You just travel lighter through whatever whatever circumstances show up. Yeah? And there's no vigilance with it. Anything that arises that want to become vigilant or see there's a need to be vigilant, you're not that. So all of the making it something, because that's what we're doing. We're walking, and we're making the jungle in front of us by giving it everything in the meaning it has. And therefore, once the jungle appears, we need skillful means. We need swords and this and that to chop our way through. But if you see that the scene is, you know, precedes every step, and the scene, if if you look in this way, the, the area stays empty, even though there's lots of appearances. It's not you don't live as if it's a jungle. You're not cutting your way through it. You're just walking, and you see a path. Yeah. Because you have your mind, this mind is the biggest role player here. And if there's faith in that mind, you'll see the magnificence of that by its expression. You'll find out. And after a while, you'll have a lot of, you know, my response is gratitude and honoring it. Because I'll tell you, I have been relieved of the bondage of self. And that's an incredible relief. And I'm reminded of it when I see people who are not under that opportunity. They seem to be bonded to the idea of self and the suffering that it provokes, which to me is just agitation. The agitation, yeah? So that surface of mind, which is only one-sided, all it does is reflect more agitation. It's agitated, so it doesn't see anything clearly. And there's more and more agitation. Yeah? And there's no relief in this. What are you going to do? How is an agitated mind able to recognize peace? It can't. All its ability is to reflect. So if its surface is agitated, it can't reflect the moon. It can't reflect the clouds. Basically, the surface becomes the apparent reality. Yeah, Because of all the movement on the surface, it loses its reflective ability. Now it seems real. The surface is taking on the texture of its face. Instead of having, when it's peaceful, it's clear, it's reflecting. Just like where I, where I surf, I go to this beach, and before you get there, there's a lagoon. And I usually look at the lagoon to see how much wind is going on. You know, it's not always a uh, true uh, indication, but very much so. Yeah? And when it's rough, it doesn't reflect the hillsides or the sky or the clouds above it. All you see is the surface, and that's where your attention goes. You see the surface, and the surface becomes, quote-unquote, real. You don't realize it has another quality, that if it was calm, it would be demonstrating that quality, which is to reflect. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even, unless you knew that, you wouldn't know it by seeing it. You see it almost like a solid thing. It's, you're watching all the bumps and the movement, and there's no reflecting, but when it's calm... You see the whole area reflecting in it. And it, you get, get such a sense of space by its ability to reflect. Yeah. So what, when, when it can do that with an open sky, what can you imagine it can do if it was reflecting mind itself? That empty, clear space, sky-like space, but way beyond sky-like space. You know? Way, way beyond it. But if the mind is agitated, which is selfing, yeah? Selfing is like the mental dancing on the reflective uh, quality of the mind. 
All you do, it's sort of like being underneath and watching uh, ice skaters who have ink in their blades. All you're watching is all these patterns that are being made. Yeah? You're just stuck in all this movement. You take it all to be what's going on. Yeah? Now, if that ice was melted, it would be able to reflect. Yeah? So, in a sense, that's like seeing your original face. That's sort of like the Zen statement. To see your original face, your original face is empty, obviously. So when you become conscious of that, yeah, you can be conscious as that, in a sense. Because your quality is to reflect. You don't, you don't have an inherent uh, state, yeah? You're just reflecting mental states, constantly floating over the surface of mind, taking it to be solid and real. When the mind gets clear, reflective, it can enjoy and reflect that peace, and another message gets through to it. Yeah? It looks deeper in sense, and that deepness never ends. Yeah? And that's a quality of peace. You can't, that passeth all understanding here. It's not something that was produced by a couple of good weeks, everything going away. Yeah? It's an innate quality that's undisturbed by all these events. And to me, that's something to rely on here. Something that's truly reliable, where you can truly find rest. Not a rest that almost is just as good as deep sleep, in a way. You can rest in all your activities on that absoluteness of mind, faith mind. That its inherent nature is empty. Empty of being a thing, and all the concerns, and all the... Anxiety about imperfection. You know, like it says in some of the old scriptures, you'll be relieved of the anxiety of imperfection. Which this place is. This place is all about imperfection, limitation, this and that. Yet all that anxiety that comes from a thing about a thing can be relieved when it's seen not to be a thing. Yeah. then you can hold the space for people because you can't not be anything other than that. <laughs> you just, you know, against my better or worse wishes, that shines out. You know, and it gets used here. So I find there is some help, if you want to call it that, to recognize the structure of what we're not, you know, to recognize all the arthritic finger-pointing to the imaginary moon, yeah? And we never get past the finger-pointing. All we get is the mind is given an assumption, something is implied, a vague sense is pointed towards, over and over and over again through the activity of my, my thoughts, my problems, my life, my time are all used to point to the phantom, the someone that's the one who has all those problems, who did thought all those thoughts, who's feeling all those feelings, yes? But you never get past the pointing. You never get to see the moon, yeah? There is some light, but it's actually a reflection of the sun. The moon has no, no source of light itself. It's just a reflection of the sun, yes? So all we do is get, the mind goes, oh, 
I'm worrying about next week. That's used to point on the one who's worrying about next week. And then, then that triggers, I shouldn't be worrying about next week. I just did an eight-month retreat, and I should be way beyond worrying about next week. I can't fucking believe I'm worrying about next week. Let me call up and sign up for the 12-month retreat. Because obviously, because I'm worrying about next week, I can't, it didn't work. I didn't get it. Yeah? This is what goes on and on and on. One my, one my, the meaning gets distributed to the thought, the feeling, the problem, the person, the time, the place. Yeah. Now it becomes your time, your place. As soon as it's injected with meaning, yes, that spurs the whole thought system, and more and more meanings come until you're in an avalanche of meaning. Your attention, your clear surface is so agitated by all these things because they, they seem to be coming at you. So the flinch occurs... Because, but it's an imaginary punch, yeah? Nothing actually wallops, it hits you, but it's, there's the you that happens when there's the clinch, yeah? And there it is, it's got the mechanism now. It just fires away, and then the self is relit all day. The self is relit all day. Like a, it's like one of those, you know, the fire, the, the thing in the heater, that one thing that's lit all the time, so any time you turn the heater on, it makes it the, what is it? Pilot light. That pilot light's lit, lit all day. I, me, my, yes? And therefore, everything, the heat, all the meaning that's given, the whole place cooks based on that. Yeah. What would happen if you saw that activity? Maybe you wouldn't buy it. Yeah. Maybe you would stop at the finger and just see you're not that. Not jump to, I am the moon, but see, I'm not that. I found out. That's what happened, you know. I entertained it. I found out. And it made a big impression. I can't put it in words, but I try to do the best I can to imply it. But I can't. If I, I can talk for the rest of my life, and I may, because it's never, it never gets tiring to attempt to capture the indescribable. Yeah? But the funny thing is, it's like trying to convince... Someone the movie's good and if they're in the movie themselves. <laughs> you <try> to, you <laughs> yes, I'm a lion, but I could become like a lion. No, that's not it. You're a lion. Okay, I get it. Can you say that again? You're a lion. Okay. I can become like a lion. No, that's not it. Wait a minute, I'm hearing it. You're saying I can become like a lion. No, I'm saying you're a lion. <laughs> No, I believe someone else is a lion, but I don't believe I'm a lion. There's your fucking suffering, yes. You better shoot that Buddha. It's not serving you. Like Huang Po said, you can't use Buddha to seek Buddha. You can't use mind to seek mind. What is he talking about? The inherent nature that you are is attempted, is be, being encapsulated into a form of a mental process called self-centeredness, and now it's looking for itself. It's like the biggest joke in the universe. <laughs> when, when water's coming through the hose, <laughs> it's sort of like water's coming through the hose and the hose thinks it's, you know, producing the water. <laughs> it's just allowing the water to move through, yeah? So self-centeredness is like a hose that allows mind to have this experience, but it's not mind. Yeah? It's just facilitating this to occur. 
If there wasn't a sense of being a special someone, we wouldn't have relationships in a way. Yeah? When someone say, Paul, I wouldn't not, you know, acknowledge that. Hey, Paul, we want to give you $1,000. I'd just be sitting there. You know, there's a there's there's a certain practical reason self-centeredness is in place, but it ain't the water. It's just a hose. It's one of probably millions of hoses. It just seems to be the dominant hose called self-centeredness, but it doesn't define mind. Water is not defined by what uh, vehicle it's going through. It has its own quality. Yeah, it's just being facilitated. It's being directed by the hose, but it's the hose isn't defining water. <laughs> You know what I mean? If you believe, I know water because you know the water that's moving through a very small little aperture of rubber called the hose, then you'd be knowing the water from the hose's point of view. That's not knowing water. Knowing water is to be water. Yeah? Knowing water has to come from the hose's point of view. Taking yourself to be the hose, you now know water by how it moves through you. You're defining the water. Yeah? From your perspective, that's that's delusionary <laughs> this is water it's not defined by the hose just because mind is appearing through self-centeredness don't be fooled the ordinary mind and the enlightened mind are the same mind yeah I love the my, my water is so great I got, it's about 30 feet long and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this metal thing with a with like a like a turning thing on is. I have no fucking it's a spigot. That's where it's coming through. No, no, no. It's it issues from me, and I'm I'm filling this garden of my own life with my own water, my doing and having. I've achieved all this. Okay, well, well check out. Turn the spigot off. <laughs> what? Where's your water, bro? <laughs> Hey, toaster, I'm going to take you, I'm going to unplug you. You're not going to make another piece of toast. <laughs> You'll have to live on all your past toast you believe you made. But you're not going to make a damn, another, no more, bagel nothing. You're not toasting the damn fucking thing anymore. What? Look at how proud of you. Let me, let me display the toast I made today. That rye I made about eight, and I'm incredible, I have eight things. I made this whole wheat around 9.30. The kids got up. I made these Wonder Breads. Look at all that. Oh, it's really incredible. You're just an incredible toaster. How about this? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Let's see you toast away now, brother. <laughs> Let's put some apple juice and some uh, spirulina. We'll make a blender. No, I'm a toaster. <laughs> sense that electricity. Sense the water. What's the definition of a hose comes from, you know, transporting water. That's its only value, really. Yeah? The water is what gives this value. Consciousness is what gives this meaning, real meaning and value. Not the, not the vehicle of it. Yeah? This is like the telescope. It facilitates the scientists to see the stars, but it's not seeing the stars. Awareness, consciousness must, through, must move through this for any seeing to occur. Yeah? Once the consciousness is denied, then you're just looking. The telescope has a memory chip, has all the time to source stars, and it makes up a story about what it's seeing now, which is blank. Nothing's being seen. It's a form of looking. Self, that's why I believe self-centeredness is. You become blind to what's looking through you, in a sense, and you start taking yourself to be the one that's looking. 
Yeah? And then you may even have the double whammy where you'll start looking for your source or your cause or your or the authentic you. It's unbelievable. Yeah? It's not bad enough that there's an assumed disconnect. Now you're gonna try to make an assumed connection. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to compound the disconnect by trying to connect. <laughs> just question, are you disconnected? Or is it just to take your mind's trying to present? You know how much it runs a lot by the screen, yeah? Do you know when it starts getting built on? When there's an aha from the audience. The movie isn't fucking good, it's the audience. Yeah? You're watching the thoughts. When the thoughts get your attention, what happens? That a new movie's produced. Yeah, Die Hard Five. Yes? You'll never be loved. Oh, It takes that second. It's like trying to run an idea. As soon as the audience has a little bit of inclination, it's got the movie already made. Come on, watch this. Like that. Very quick. Yeah? But it's not the movie that's good, it's the audience. Yeah? It's not a thought, it's the my thought. We're active participants in this place, yeah? Mind is actively participating in this place by giving it meaning all day. This is a, this is a place that has no inherent meaning. That's like the Course would say. You're, everything is meaningless here, and you're giving it meaning, yeah? It says more than that, but the idea that you and I have given everything the meaning it has, what is that but dreaming, Yeah? You could call it a dream, isn't it? That there's nothing actually going on, yet it seems to be going on. To who? You. Hmm. Ah, yes. After talking a lot, you get so... gone. (laughs) (laughs) Hours and hours. It's just, you know, it didn't turn out the way I thought. Literally, I really didn't. Because I always thought it would turn out. It's never going to turn out. It's just going on. Always, you know? It doesn't come to a culmination. It doesn't come to an exclamation. It just keeps on keeping on. And it's weird, you would think that that would be really tiring, but that's a true place to have rest. Is in, in the constant movement, there's a stillness beyond anything. Yeah? But it's incessantly on. I thought it was going to be more like, you know, having a big event. I had the big events, but they didn't take hold. But I'd be standing, you know, with the hair. First of all, I'd have better hair and the wind blowing through, and they'd have people who would see it, especially. I need the acknowledgement. And then there would be the light of all lights, and I'd radically transform into a better me. It wasn't like that at all. It was just a, a, a constant losing of interest in what's not that interesting. <laughs> really. You know? It's like the mental condition got less and less appealing, and the other conditions got more and more... Uh, Obvious, you know, the physical and the whatever you want to call it, the spiritual. And it was just a redistribution of uh, attention and interest, yeah? 
out of the mental realm into other realms. And it produced like a, an overall traveling a lot lighter. And if you try to do something, it tends to fuck the things up. So it's weird. You have to really stay exactly where you are because there's nowhere to go. And when you finally actually, like for me, my life since I was about five or six was trying to make things unreal, you know? Things really overwhelmed me, like emotionally and stuff when I was a kid. I had people die, my people I really loved and stuff. And I just didn't handle it well. And I remember I escaped into the mental realm. That's what happened. Before I was very, I was pretty well distributed when I was a kid. You know, I was awake. I was in the physicality, jumping, playing, everything, media, spontaneity. And then there was a, the mental realm hadn't really kicked up yet. Yeah, it didn't have a large say. But then certain things occurred and they shocked me and where I went, not, and I'm just using the eye to represent, where, where the mind went was into the mental realm for protection in a sense. And it got a certain protection, but it was very costly. Disassociation, you know, uh, feeling as if I've been living like on either side of an aquarium, always like a glass partition between me and everyone else more of like a mental observer. I don't believe the observer is any high state. It's just a, it's another state of selfing that's observing selfing. Yeah? It's not, I don't think, it's, to me, it produces a lot of uh, suffering, I find. So I was in that state, and I needed fucking relief. And, uh, but, God, but, but I was never going to get hurt again. That was basically the thing. And I figured... If I, could, I found a, a concoction called alcohol and then quickly drugs when I was 12, that would allow me to produce a feeling in me so I wouldn't be like uh, surprised by any feelings in life. Yeah? I'd be sort of inebriated to a point where it would be almost like things would come and they wouldn't be able to get in. Yeah? But it was a very high cost being totally disassociated. Yeah? And... Uh, and captured by this. I remember I came back from my grandmother and my father died. And I remember I went back to school and the same nun was in my teaching my class. And I sat sort of in the same seat and it used to be Sister Marie Neal and she'd only be about where Z is. And I was right here. And then I came back from all this and it was the same location but now I was miles away. I'd be looking at Marie Neal but I was way gone way up the ass of self in a way just way that way in there and uh, didn't come out a long long time and what occurred was I got in recovery and then I realized Jesus Christ if I just let things be as real as they want to be I didn't know what was going to happen but I was so fucking tired of being uh, like disassociated here like completely disassociated not being able to feel much and stuff yeah almost like a sociopath in some ways. So um, I let think then things started becoming as real as they wanted to be, and that was the biggest provoker of anxiety, mental anxiety. It wasn't really fear, it was mental anxiety. That was the forbidden zone. But then when I, they came and they landed on me, I got to realize they're not real. Yeah? So I got the experience that I was giving it all the meaning it has, 
things scared me so much, though they were inherently unreal, I try to make yeah, I try to make them unreal because I thought they were real, and that made them realer than ever. And as long as I was trying to make them unreal, they were super real in my life. As soon as I let them be as real as they wanted to be, they show me their nature, which is they're unreal. And I found that to be applicable in everything else. Yeah, Spiritual paths and everything else. Spiritual paths to me were just another way of making things unreal. Just like shooting dope and reading science fiction and Edgar Allan Poe. I was just trying to get myself protection from this place. I thought spirituality would allow me to be detached, but have some nobility, because I was already detached completely. <laughs> but I had no story of nobility, you know? But I could clothe it in spirituality. The same detachment I had with drugs I could have in spirituality, but it would be more acceptable. <laughs> it failed miserably. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> die and everything's going to work out. Seriously. Once the door's open, there's no stopping mind. You know? If it wants to fulfill some kind of expression here, it's going to. Yeah? And uh, if you just don't act out too much or die, you'll be there to, you'll be there to enjoy the, uh, the humongous relief that can occur. With all these phantoms that hold so much weight. I cannot believe how... Uh, how extensive selfing is. The mind's little uh, pseudo-web, you know. Yeah. So, any questions today? It's a nice day, isn't it? It's just, it's a taste of can even sense it in an ammonia-soaked room. They usually clean this with ammonia. Mm-hmm. It's, still, it's still great. Yeah? You don't really need all that. It's nice if you had a lovely place. I'm looking the ocean. We're in Marin City. <laughs> in a little classroom. It doesn't matter, right? It's beautiful. This isn't really a question, but I like what you said about um, uh, agitated pond. You can't see the peace and the so on because I've always wondered, you know, if this is if this is real and this is what's true and strong, why is why does it always why is it so easy to lose it? And why can I just get a little stressed out and and it just feels like I can't access it But I should just be able I should just be be able to go in any situation and stay, you know, grounded. But it doesn't it seems like, oh now I have to sit and meditate so I can get calm enough. So <laughs> Yeah. And, and that that kind of explains why. I don't think it's just my energy is spinning up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much. And then you have skillful means, but the point is, no matter how uh, agitated it is, there's a clear scene of that, or you wouldn't oh, know agitation. you were agitated. Yes. Yeah. So at all times, there is a participant in the moment we may not be aware of, which is the moment, <laughs> or the awareness. Yeah? That's it. And it's a typical one because it's always there at all times, so it's hard to notice. We tend to recognize things that come and go, you know, or weren't there, and now are there, and then are not there anymore. But this never does come and go. 
So it's contextual. It's difficult for our our apparatus, our mechanism, to pick it up. Yeah. So we train ourselves to only really notice things that are changing. Well, we don't train it. We're, we're, we're built that way. Yeah. That. Yeah. The apparatus is built to see things and to do. And yeah, that's what it's that's what it's built for. But after a period of time here, you, there is a vague sense that there's something really obvious that's not being uh, accounted for, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's, like Buddha would say, when see, when seeing see, when hearing hear, when feeling feel, I think he's trying to say that. Yeah? That's the seeing, the hearing, the feeling. What's allowing that to occur? What quality, which is, doesn't have a thingness to it, but the quality of awareness that soaks this whole place. Without the awareness, there wouldn't be a you or a me. Yeah? So I would say it's about what's always so gets unknown or unseen because it's always so. Just like when it comes to the body, people aren't complaining about gravity today. Yeah? But the body, every time you walk up a hill, that's why you're having a hard time. It's not the, the height of the hill. It's gravity holding you down if you try to climb that height. Yes? If there was no gravity, it wouldn't matter how high the thing is, you'd be running up that fucking Mount Everest. But gravity is affecting you. But we don't notice it, do we? We don't have a sense of, I don't, I'm not in relationship to gravity, but I'm always in relationship to gravity as a body. And because I'm always in relationship, I'm not in relationship. I don't, I'm not aware, I'm not conscious that I'm in relationship with it because it's always the case. So I'm not conscious of my consciousness of this because it's all, it's all this. Yeah? It's a little trick of mind. It has a, it has many, the mental, the mental process has many glitches and that's one of it. It doesn't recognize what's always here. It just doesn't see it. It doesn't sense it. It needs coming and going to get a sense of something. Yeah? Just like when I used to look at a tree, I used to use a tree as a base to see if the clouds are moving. When I was a kid, I'd be laying there, I'd get something that wasn't moving, the tree, and I'd compare the clouds to moving, yeah? But we don't have that. We don't, we don't have the spaces that are appearing as a tree so that we can compare everything moving to something that's still. All we see is everything moving. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't sense the stillness in it that's, that it's happening in. We do, it's, we're not, like our gauges don't pick that up. So we need a little bit of an invitation, so an aspect of mind, which is available, which to me is like seeing nothing, can sort of uh, fire up a little bit. So just like when you start sensing a presence, or you can you sense when someone's going to call you before the phone rings, and it's them all the time. You're starting to add, access other aspects of mind, yeah? That are, let's say, di- at least different than self-centeredness. And so those, you start seeing it. The mind, instead of having like an antenna that's pointed in one direction to pick up that one frequency, you're more like a dish. So you're opening, you're picking up a lot of information, and a lot of downloads are starting to happen that are totally contrary to your storyline, to the self-centered storyline. I mean, totally contrary. I mean, really contrary to it. And you're picking this up, and things happen. Either you're going to explode if you try to stay rigid, or you're going to open up and fit yourself around what's being revealed, and then you see the largest of your own mind, how large you are. But if you're rigid, and it doesn't fit your dogma, you'll blow up in a way, because it's going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever idea you, you have incubating about it, it's going to just 
step all over that. <laughs> Not intentionally, that's just what happens. And if you have any investment, you'll notice when it happens, yeah? Yes, Jim. Hi, Paul. It's a great session, but I want to talk about something that's, as usual, that's off topic. And that is that this is International Forgiveness Weekend, and it's the 16th year. It'll be held uh, tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock at Dominica, Angelical Hall. They'll have four people who will testify the effect of forgiveness in their life. The effect of murder of a spouse and other similar things and how they worked it out, and how it changed them. And uh, I, I've attended many of those. And I, it's very important to 12 steppers and forgiveness. And uh, I had a great personal problem because I was never hurt. Once I realized that I had been hurt, then I could start forgiving. And it's a simple process. That's tomorrow at 7. This afternoon at 2.30, there's going to be a workshop for Matthew Fox a theologian who is excommunicated from the Catholic Church because he contested original sin and he wrote books about original goodness and he's a magnificent speaker. He'll have a workshop and I don't think there's any charge at all. They don't charge. If you don't have money, just go. At 2.30 this afternoon at Angelica Hall. Thank you. I can, I can also hang yeah. around if you have any questions. Yeah, great. We do charge you, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be leaving without talking. <laughs> or I won't forgive you. <laughs> the Course in Miracles has a lot to do. Well, it's not a forgiveness. They're, they're, I think, you know, I haven't looked at it in a long time, but my take on it was that they have what they call the atonement. The atonement and their belief is that no one's getting out of here without everyone getting out of here. So if I'm holding something against you, that's the anchor that keeps me involved in this situation, yes? And atonement is like prior to forgiveness where you actually entertain the possibility that nothing ever happened here in a sense. Like this isn't a real place on that level. And so the atonement is such a, it's like a pre-forgiveness that it's as if nothing ever happened. So no one ever did anything to me, and I never did anything to anyone else. It's not like trying to get out of something. It's the mind's matured enough to entertain that. So the atonement is the whole thing. And they always talk about the holy instant, which is just the present moment. All through the Course of Miracles, it's the holy instant. The holy instant is this instant, yeah? It's this instant. But how is it going to be holy is if your mind's reflecting it. If it isn't, it's not going to, it's going to be made into some other instant. It's going to be an instant in time, yeah? which isn't going to be that holy in a sense. But when you honor it, yes, that's the holy instant. In other words, you're the holiness of the instant. Yeah? Your mind itself is the holiness of this moment. It's like you and I, you droll here. You got it. It's not like this is happening to us. There's nothing. It's like this is all an event, and we're a major player in this event. Tons of meaning are coming through this this little uh, camera location and making up a world, a story. Yeah.
And the idea of forgiveness is incredible for AA, for sure. That's why we do nine-step amends, too. You do amends where you go and tell people what you did. And uh, if they forgive you or not, it doesn't matter. It's you're just making the amends. That's the forgiving quality. Because what you're forgiven of, forgiven is the bondage of being the doer of those events. You couldn't get out of it by saying you're not the doer. What you do is you make amends, and then you get the experience that you weren't the doer. That alcoholism was calling the shots, yeah? That everything I did, I would have done to you unless you could have physically stopped me. That's the only thing that would have stopped me when I was out there. Literally, physical arrest or physical stopping, yeah? So you really get the sense of powerlessness of how you and I are just a possibility of mind to express here. There's no stable uh, Jim or Paul that can that can fight or stand a takeover of a mental wind. We're all mental winds, you know? That's all we are, is, is a, a flute that's being played all day. Yeah. Now, the point is, is once that flute plays that, that one mental wind and maybe through the playing of it can actually, because it's conscious, can honor that, then maybe that mental wind keeps playing through it. Yeah. I mean, for me, the, 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 the destruction of alcoholism in my life has pretty much ended for 24 years, you know, as if it never existed. And yet, when it was running the show, that's all that existed, you know. Was there a Paul there? I don't believe so. Is there a Paul here? I don't believe so. There was just mind seeking expression. Isn't that the case, really? I would say there's imminence and potentiality, and it finds expression here. And so there's a lot of winds trying to blow through. And... uh, yeah. There's all this stuff I don't want to be.